When it comes to real estate investing, people don't look at it from the standpoint of the person who's losing or getting rid of the property. I was in a situation where I'm seeing it from the homeowner and I'm seeing how disadvantaged I was in that position of not having many options. That's when I started looking at the fact that um, we can change this whole paradigm and make it more so, give more power to the homeowner and remove the non-value add. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. My name is Alina, and today's topic is one I think is going to be very interesting to a lot of us. For many people, their homes are their most important asset. But when that home needs repairs in order to sell at a good price, far too many people, particularly here in Philadelphia, are selling their homes for much less than they could. Our guest today says there's another way. His name is Ty Glover, and he's the founder of Invest Out, a new kind of real estate concept, a new kind of real estate firm. Ty says there's a way for the homeowner to come out ahead financially by partnering with a real estate investor, and he's going to explain to us exactly how this works. Welcome to the show, Ty. Thank you for having me on board. Great. So, Ty, let's kick this conversation out with the elevator pitch. What exactly is your business Invest Out about? Invest Out, what we do is we work with homeowners who know that their homes could sell for more if renovated, and we partner them with investors who are looking to add that additional value in exchange for a share of that increased value. So that's what we do. We're a facilitator. We partner the homeowners with the investors. Okay. And you came about with this concept because of your own personal life experience. Can you can you tell us what happened? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um it was back in 2010, the end of when I started going through a rather serious divorce where but going directly to the story itself, it involved the um, the removal, the you know, the dissolution of assets. So we had to actually sell off all of our assets. Of course, the house, 401k is broken all apart. Now, when you're dealing with a home that needs repairs in order to be able to get that extra value, that was my situation. I lived in an incredible hometown. Um, the value of the home was significant, but it needed a good amount of work. So when I'm looking down the street and I'm noticing there's an investor right there working with a local property, he's actually renovating it. He's flipping it. And I realized that this man purchased his home for $150,000. He added $150,000 into it, and he sold it for $579,000. That's a $279,000 profit. And if he had to work with that homeowner, he wouldn't have had to buy that. That homeowner could have walked away with instead of one hundred fifty, dollars she could have gotten an extra $100,000 plus 
and which means that she would have made more money. He still would have made well over 100% ROI on his investment, which meant it would have been a win-win solution for both of them. Instead of that happening, this woman walks away from her home in her retirement, not even being able to live with dignity from the standpoint of not having enough money to survive on from a monthly to month basis. So that was kind of where the idea, there had to be a way to be able to put something in place to help people just like her and just like people like me who was going through that divorce and who needed that extra capital as well. So Ty, you, you switched from talking about yourself to, um, to somebody very specific. So there was somebody who you saw in that scenario who, okay. Yeah. And there were, it's not even just that person. It seems like everywhere I go, I find people who are in that same situation for whatever reason, sometimes they want to sell. Oftentimes they need to sell for whatever legal reason, whatever's happening in their life, life challenges. And unfortunately, right now in this atmosphere, there's really not a lot. You've got the um, We Buy Ugly Homes, you've got the Zillows, but all these buyers, should we say, pay the lowest dollar because their goal is to push the profit over to the investor. Here, we're more so homeowner-centric. We want to make sure that the homeowners are profiting because when they profit, the investors will profit as well. Okay, great. So in your personal situation, you you ended up having to take a take a bath on, on the sale of the house, right? I mean, yeah. you, you, at the time, the concept was just kind of like a kernel in your mind. You weren't able right. to actually fully execute with the concept at the time. Right. So you ended up having to sell your property for less than what it was worth right. because you needed to, you need to move on. You need to move on with your life. Well, right? luckily I was quite fortunate okay. in that it didn't turn out that I had to get rid of my home. I was able to retain it. So therefore I still had that same home, but what it led to was me thinking, well, there's got to be a way to be able to bring a homeowner and partner those homeowners and those investors together, which led to a book. I just published a book recently. It's on Amazon. It's a partner up. It's how to fix and flip um, houses with no cash, no banks, and no credit. So once I published that, I recognized there's a consulting opportunity because people want to learn this. They want to learn how they can do this without having to buy the home. It's a non-value add to buy a home. Right, right. Okay. So we're throwing a lot of information at our listeners and this is so fascinating. Let's really, and we have the time. We're fortunate we have the time to really kind of break this down into steps. So talk to me, you know, step one, what, how, let's break down the process. How, how does it look from the beginning? So step one is what? So that traditional flip model is buy, renovate, sell. It's it's a very simple model. What we do is... So we're talking about a rehabber who comes in. Exactly. Rehabber or wholesaler who comes in, approaches the homeowner, Mm -hmm. gets it at a deep discount because they need to have that cushion for the to cover the construction, the holding costs, and some profit to get to that after repair value. Exactly. Right. And that's that buy, the renovate, the sell process. Whereas we have a partner okay. where we're connecting those homeowners who have that asset and they know it could sell for more. We're connecting them with investors who are flippers, who come in there, who want to add the value. Once we create the connection and that's signed contractually, then what we do as an organization is we facilitate the deal. We, A, make sure that the homeowner actually owns the property. It's their asset to sell. Very important. Very important. Very, very important. No, I mean, we're, we're laughing about it, but I mean, we have, we have a lot of seniors right. here in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then we have the adult son and daughter right. who basically is acting, I mean, it's a caregiver mm-hmm. and a custodian of that person's financial right. wealth right. or their, their assets. And that's the person, the younger exactly. person, the, you know, the adult son or daughter might right. be the one reaching out 
to the rehabber, right. but they don't, their, their name's not on the title. And that's important. Right. You know, we want to make sure that our investors don't have to do this work. It's non-value-added work. Okay. Their job should be just to do the renovation and let that homeowner sell it. So once we go and verify that the ownership is actually true, then we go and we do the inspection of the property. What are the conditions of that property? You know, what needs to be done? And we do our best guess to be able to understand really what the condition is of that property. Once we know that, then we need to know the comparables. How is this going to compare to the other properties? What can it sell for when you list it, actually, based on that renovation that's going to be performed? Once we have that, then we actually upload that onto our website. Then we allow investors to be able to come into our portal, look by area in specific zip codes or by cost of the renovation itself, and find properties that meet their criteria. So they would be able to look at a property, see the detailed videos, detailed pictures of the property. They are also able to look at any of those inspection reports, understand really what's involved in that property. Once we go through that and once we open it up for investing, then investors are able to go, come to the property based on an open house tour that we will have. They can come, review the properties, and they can decide if they want to submit a proposal for the renovation. After they decide they want to submit that proposal – then they're determining, what do I think this property could be worth? How much am I willing to invest in that property from a cost standpoint? And what percentage of that increased value do they want out of the deal? Once that's decided upon, they submit their proposal, and then the homeowners have that opportunity to be able to look. It's market-driven. They can decide on what the best deal is for them. So, Ty, let's be really clear here and really explicit. I mean, we're basically saying that the investor would be willing to split there need to be some sort of split right on the increased value increased value right. so upon sale yes. if the if the rehabber would have netted 100k mm-hmm. after covering all of his costs right that, okay, is it going to be an 80-20 split? Exactly. Okay. And a lot of that's going to be dependent upon how much work had to go into the house to renovate the house. Um, there's a lot of different things that go into it. For example, if we talk about the homeowners themselves, when it comes to a homeowner and their interest in being involved in a system like this, it involves three things. The emotion connected to the property. A, that's the first one. B, the entanglements. How many other people are connected to or own that property? How many people are on the title on the deed? And the last one that we see is how much they need the money. If all those things are aligned correctly, then you're going to have an investor and you're going to have a great alignment with the actual homeowner itself. Okay. Okay, great. So all of this sounds really fascinating, but are there certain types of, I mean, what sort of cushion, what sort of properties are really good candidates for uh, an approach like this and properties that, you know what, they would just be better just going with the traditional model? Great question. There are a lot of properties, for example, properties that are in imminent um, danger of foreclosure, properties that are bank-owned. Owned, we don't deal with those. They're, they're assets of the bank. Uh, if there's not equity in the property, then it's not a property that's in alignment with what we do as an organization. Because, okay. of course, if that homeowner is not able to make anything out of that deal, then the homeowner is not going to come to us in the first place. Also, there's a risk to the actual investor's cost when they put money in. Are they going to be able to get it back? So, right. So some people that might still have the hangover from 2008, right. Um, right. you know, where basically their the, the amount of debt that they owe right. is greater than what the property could ever exactly. be worth. Exactly. You know, you immediately would pass on that. Right. That's- and, you know, it's also a matter of how much debt, you know, to your point, the homeowner has. But if an investor comes in there and wants to get involved in a specific property and there's no clear path to their making a 
profit out of that property because there's so much cost or there's liens, there's other encumberments on that particular property, then that investor, hey, we're not going to bring it into our system. So we're not even going to present it to an investor as an opportunity or an investable property. How quickly can this deal happen? Because other issue as well, too, is that for some people, maybe it is just better that they just take the wholesaler's money so that they can be out in 30 days or less, right? So I would agree with you. If it's a time-dependent issue or situation, for example, Zillow, they're doing home buying right now, and they're saying that's one of the reasons why their homeowners go to them. On my side of it, I see it a little bit differently in that I see there aren't many options. So you might as well go with the quick deal now because you don't have options. If you have options, then you can plan out better into the future. And therefore, it may not be an imminent or a quick sale that you're looking for. So, I mean, you mentioned the wholesalers. You know, they're a big factor as well as the banks as to why we're a viable product, why InvestOut is a great opportunity as far as a company for investors as well as homeowners. You know, wholesalers, they take a tremendous amount of profit away from the homeowner. And they're taking it themselves, you know. So that's the homeowner, that's the investor, excuse me, the wholesaler, as well as the bank making the bulk share of that profit. When our model deals with putting more of that money back into the homeowner's pockets and removing the money that would have traditionally gone to that wholesaler or that bank, let's keep those profits with the bank, excuse me, with the homeowner as well as the investor. So time for a case study. Can you share with us a success story? Is there somebody mm-hmm. that you've worked with that you can, you don't have to tell us their name, but right. what the scenario was? Yeah, we've worked with about five properties at this point. Um, some of them on a consulting basis. And what we're seeing is anywhere between uh, the low end was around 54% ROI. So it's still a tremendous ROI if you compare that to anything on on NASDAQ or the Dow, you know, any of the exchanges. But we're going up to an 184% on one particular property. Now, one of the great things, especially in this area, is that the material inputs that go into a house, the sinks, the cabinetry, the, the plumbing, whether you go from here in Philadelphia or even to more valuable properties in New Jersey toward, going towards New York, the material inputs are pretty much the same. It's the house that's the difference in the price. And therefore, if you're able to go and move into one of those higher market areas and put the material inputs in that are, again, the same cost as what you would buy in any other part of the state, then you're able to make a lot more profit from those particular types of properties simply because there's higher, there's more margin there. There's more opportunity okay. that exists. So how do you attract both the home seller and right. the investors? Right. I mean, particularly with this being a new concept. Yeah, and that's a great question as well. I think one of the things we're focused in on is we're going after a social media campaign. We're really doing a lot of push as far as social media and being able to buy get the homeowners. We also know that we need to get the realtors. I mean, if we think about the fact that oftentimes realtors are really short-term focused, they really want to get the house, they want to list it, and they want to sell it. But if they actually think about holding off and putting that through a process of renovation, they can make 50% more profit on that because they're getting part of that increased value on the home. You know, if you think about the situation I described before, the lady sold the home for $150,000. Um, the home eventually sold for five hundred seventy-nine thousand. So within you're twelve talking, months, exactly. Yeah. Within, I think it was like eight months. So you're talking about a tremendous uh, opportunity. And if you think about eighty-seven percent of all realtors, when they get their license, they fold. They give their license up within five years. This is a tremendous differentiating opportunity for any of those realtors to be able to come in and specifically find properties like this that need that extra value that can sell for more. You know, that can be a niche area for them. And we're often we're always looking for niche opportunities to differentiate ourselves. So it seems like potentially there could be a lot of people coming to the table to get this deal across the finish line. So 
is it a scenario where, you know, kind of like a, um, a small row home wouldn't be a good candidate for this because there's just not going to be ultimately enough meat on the bone to make it worthwhile for all the different parties? Right. Like I a, wouldn't say that. Okay. I would say, you know, from my basis, I come from the standpoint of pretty much any asset. Even property, even you know, land itself uh, represents a great opportunity if improvements can be made and therefore the value of that land or that property can be increased. So whether it's a row home in Upper Darby, um, whether it's a uh, property specifically in Philadelphia in some of the gentrifying areas, you know, there, if you can actually add value to that property and have it sell for a higher price, then you can get a percentage of that just by going through this process. So what has been the reaction from rehabber wholesaler community what have you run up against any resistance yet no not at this point okay. um i know a lot of people, folks um, can be oftentimes skeptical you know a lot of folks want to say you know go and do it and so forth and that's been great as well but we haven't seen the resistance we've seen a lot of um you know questions from folks who are wholesaling because let's be honest we are directly challenging the wholesaling market right right yeah so we've seen it from that standpoint you know concerns as to how it's going to impact them and the, and the way they operate but we haven't really seen any concerns from uh, I know the our homeowners are, are really loving it because of the fact that a lot of folks need to make that extra money right especially in these days and times so talk to me a little bit more about the business model how mm-hmm. do how does invest out make money right so our services are purely oriented towards facilitation. You know, we facilitate, or should we say, we quarterback the deal. You know, we're quarterbacking the connections between the investors and the homeowners and making the, that connection possible. A. B. Once the property is actually secure, we've verified that the property is a investable property, then we're making sure, of course, the encumbrances aren't there, you know, meaning the title is clean. Uh, we're making sure that the inspection is good on the property. And we make sure at the end of the deal, as we're going through the project managing and making sure that the renovations are occurring, at the end of the deal, we're also the ones that make sure that the homeowners get their money and that the investors get their costs back plus their profit. We make a percentage off of every house that's facilitated through our service, just the actual increased value. So the homeowner, whatever that value was prior to the renovation, that's the deal. They get that money. That's No one's going to touch that money at all. What they make is part of the increased value of the property, and that's all we actually take a percentage of, just a small percentage of the increased value of that property. So is your upside capped? Is it like you know 3 to 5% or? We're 5% for, at this point in time, as the model is rolling out, we're 5% for the homeowner and 5% for the investor. How do you prevent invest out from being cut out of the transaction? I mean, how, how, and how do you prevent a scenario where the homeowner has benefited from the property getting renovated and then going to Coldwell Banker or right. just basically listing it, listing it right. with somebody else? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you prevent that from happening? Well, because we actually do the contractual agreement between the homeowner, we do a partnership agreement okay. between the homeowner and the actual investor itself. And we're involved in that deal because of all our engagement within um, connecting these two parties together. So, and does that contract also include the agreement to sell after it's exactly. been renovated? It's, it's very similar to what a wholesaler would have. You know, okay. I, I have the right to be able to buy this property if I can find someone to buy the property from me, from you. That's that basic wholesaler agreement. So that homeowner is not able to back out of that deal once that that deal has, or once the wholesaling agreement has been solidified. 
and once the value is added, i.e., the renovation occurs, then again, that further binds that actual homeowner itself to the deal to make sure that those investors get their money back. So you've talked a lot about the vetting um, and the pre, you know, the pre-screening that you're doing right. from the homeowner standpoint to make mm-hmm. sure that it's a property that has sufficient equity that is a good candidate for you know renovation. What do you do on the investor side? How do you make sure that the rehabber investor is is the right match right and it's very similar i mean we have to make sure in fact that we have to protect our homeowners just as much we have to as we have to protect our investors so when it comes to the homeowners we have to make sure that the contractors that are actually using are certified they're qualified they're licensed in the area where in which they're going to be working um we also have a rating system that's directly within the application itself or our website our portal because we want to be able to rate that investor for future investments, for future properties you're going to be renovating. Hey, what's the homeowner saying? What was their opinion about the property that was done? You know, the whole experience. Um, That's one of the ways in which we're going to be able to vet our investors, making sure that we're keeping the most qualified. And because of the fact that I think it was in the area of 94% of realtors get return home listings from the, the people that they've listed their properties before with because of that then we also know this is going to be a referral business so if you've got an investor that's doing a great job on a property that's making a lot of money for that homeowner then that homeowner is going to be telling other people and those recommendations are going to continue and that's how those investors are going to be getting more properties coming in based on the ratings that they're getting as well so there's a lot of it going on with that and that's what we're embedding in our website right now okay so why would you know playing devil's advocate here mm-hmm. why would uh, a successful rehabber slash investor mm-hmm. want to partner with a homeowner in this standpoint if they you know going back to that initial example of that rehabber who was able to in less than 12 months you know take a property that he was all in for maybe three three hundred and then turn around and sell it for five five seventy nine why should a guy like that decide to do something like this because he's making money quite fine it's a great question as well i think one of the things associated with one of the pain points or at least three pain points that investors have a is the properties. Finding the properties can be very difficult. You've got all these yard signs out here, or the banded signs, the, the yellow letters. Um, there's a lot of work just prospecting and finding properties. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there aren't a lot of properties really out there. I mean, 2018, there were only 220,000 homes flipped by 138,000 entities. By 138,000 companies flipped 220,000 homes. So that's about 1.5 homes per flipping company. That's not a lot of homes. It's yeah, a, a lot of mom market. and pop. Exactly, yeah, right. exactly. One-offs. Now, we're bringing in or we're tapping into part of a 5.4 million home market for residential homes. Um, I think Zillow is looking at, for example, for home purchasing. They're looking, I think, next month to be uh, purchasing in the area of 5,000 homes per month. So explain what Zillow's doing. So Zillow.com, okay. which right. everybody knows is uh, you know, a residential real estate website where people can go and, and basically you know, look at home listings. Right. But now they've added this, this new component, this right? This home purchasing component. Which where means Zillow will buy the house from the homeowner. buy the house from the homeowner, right. And then turn around and resell it. Exactly. And they are reselling it most likely to wholesalers, or rather not to wholesalers. They're operating as the wholesalers. So they're selling it to investors. Investors, depending upon the condition of the property, they may be selling it direct to homeowners, but they're also selling it to investors as well. They're able to make money in the same way that a wholesaler would. Now, that's a large market opportunity there. You know, I was speaking to a young lady uh, not long ago who's 
she's a, a millennial. She's in the area of like 25 or so. And I was telling her about the concept. And she said, oh, that would be great for my parents' home. I said, really? How, how old is their home? She said, it was built in 2000. And then I started thinking about it. That's 18, 19 years ago. It needs modernization, you know? So it's not just going in there and tearing out walls. It needs modernization for the new type of buyer that wants to buy that property. So there's opportunities, and that's why I say there's opportunities to be able to get involved in in investing out or what I call partnering for anything in in the area of um, ten to $15,000 because some of those improvements are really just cosmetic and – the sky's the limit as far as how high you can go from a cost standpoint, but it's really the, there's a low barrier to entry from the standpoint of being able to get involved in investing in a partner or process. Now, that third thing I was going to mention is if you want to grow and scale your business from a flipping standpoint, then if you're, let's say I want to do five homes a month, that means I need to buy five homes a month, which means that I've got capital, $100,000 each home. I've got $100,000 locked up, $500,000 in total for the five homes that I just bought. I need to have $500,000 available for the ones I'm prospecting or will buy. I also need to have 500000 for the ones that I'm selling, typically taking six months to sell. You know, you're talking about um, close to a million or a million and a half, $2 million in liquidity that you have to have tied up in just the purchasing of the property. If you don't have to purchase the property, then you can use the capital you have just for the renovation, which means you can do a lot more homes. Yeah, it's starting to become a lot clearer for me what the value add is right. for the other side of the other side of the table. Right. So that's great. So you know, let's talk a little bit more about how much rehab is required for the for the property to really reach its full potential. You know, some of these properties potentially might need a new roof, yeah. new electrical system, mm-hmm. new plumbing. I mean, yeah. would that would those kinds of candidates not really be good candidates for for this model because no. you're yeah, looking they're at perfect okay yeah, so I mean, a gut rehab sort of situation most definitely because okay. again it's a property that needs value added and once the value is added the property will sell for more or you wouldn't do the value add in the first place okay you know i've seen there's one property that we were working with that was um it needed siding you know in the front of the house there was some there was some damage with the siding it needed that to be done it needed a bathroom about five thousand dollar bathroom it needed some flooring but in putting in and doing all that work you know your your maximum input for that property would have been in the area of fifteen thousand dollars okay. investment but being able to pull so much more out of the property would have justified the actual proposition itself so you know it's mm-hmm. it's a matter of looking at the property and seeing what the neighborhood's like how much can we get out of it and as far as my driving and everywhere i've been around i've been to even some of the wealthiest communities and have seen houses you can all see the ones in disrepair you know you all know the ones that maybe where the owner's distressed yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. we we all see it you know so um I, I think we're operating in an environment right now where we think everyone is so successful but in fact, there are a lot of people in, in trouble right now, having oh, yeah. a hard time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we we are in. Wow, I mean, we are in year nine, almost. Yeah, we're almost mm-hmm. in a decade of recovery, economic right. recovery. Right. And typically, the economic cycles are every seven to eight years. Yeah. You know, rise, dip, rise, dip. So, right. I mean, not to be a downer, but we're headed. I mean, we're due. We're due mm-hmm. for a recession. We're due yeah. for a correction. So, yeah. and that means people are gonna be strapped again. Well, and what exacerbates that point is the fact that you've got, um, we don't have pensions anymore. Right. You know, pensions went away, what, 15 years ago? Most folks, especially millennials, would never, wouldn't even know what a pension is. And that was that guaranteed money. And now we're living off of 401ks or rather we're not. You know, the average retiring couple is, it has a gap of roughly 25 to $50,000 
per year of being able to retire with dignity. That's a lot of money that they're oh, missing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are counting on, I mean, the retirement fund is the house. Right. A lot of people are counting that yeah. when it comes time for them to retire, that they'll be able to cash out. Yeah, most definitely. And that's that's all we have. I mean, if you go to my situation with my house, you know, it needed a lot of work. Probably is what caused a divorce in the first place. You know, we were working on the kitchen. And so it's... um. There's no way in a way I was going to be able to add that value. And if you think about the fact that when you talk about issues with, for example, getting FHA financing and you've got damage in that house and you've got wiring that needs to be done or roof leaks, you're not going to be able to get it actually secured. You know? This is huge. This is right. huge. Yeah. Talk more about this, that there are scenarios where mm-hmm. a house might need so much repair right. that it can't qualify for a conventional mortgage. Exactly. Explain that. And so in that situation, you've got a house that meets certain conditions from the standpoint of whether there's roof leaks or whether it's um, structural damage, wiring, and you can't do those repairs, then when it's time to go and sell that house, you may be pushed into a cash-only deal, which cuts your profit that you could potentially get considerably. Right. You're, you're, not making, you're not making the value out of the property that you thought you could have made. Just by, at a minimum, doing those repairs and moving you from cash only into being able to, to for a homeowner to get a conventional loan will increase the amount of profits that you're going to make off the home alone, let alone going and adding in the additional improvements right, from right. You know, the cosmetics and so yeah, forth. Yeah, this is huge, particularly for the, the, the older homeowner who owns the property and hasn't had a mortgage for years. And it's basically been out, has been out of the financial market right. as it pertains to housing. Yeah. Uh, mortgages for years and have no clue about how the underwriting right. has changed in right. 2019 and the requirements. So it's like, well, wait a minute, I was able to get a mortgage on this, yeah. you know, 25 yeah. years ago. No, times have changed. Oh, yeah. So, so Ty, can you talk a little bit about how you deal with the psychological, emotional aspect where, and maybe it hasn't happened to to you guys yet, mm-hmm. but where the house has gotten fixed up. And now the homeowner is like, you know what? I kind of would like to stay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I you know, can, that, can, we, can, can we cancel this deal and work out a payment plan for the rehab right. you put in? Because I actually kind of m- want to stay in this house now. Right. Yeah. It, it's, um, we're securing the house. So, I mean, we do have the opportunity, the obligation or the right to sell the house. In that situation, something can be worked out with respect to whether they're going to refinance the house and get the money. I mean, our investor has to be paid back. And we're not going to pay the investor back out of our pocket because that's not the business model. The goal is to be able to move that property through, get the sale in the house, and actually pay the investors back. So we do have clauses in our contracts that would allow, for example, the refinancing of the property if that homeowner wanted to actually stay in the property. But once we sign our contracts, the homeowner is no longer in that house. So it's not like they're actually gaining entrance or living in that house during the renovation. No, they've got to be out of the property to allow that renovation to be kind of done as quickly as possible. Oh, okay. Well, that will begin to sever the emotional attachment then. Because I was thinking, I was particularly with with the cosmetic upgrades, I was thinking that the person would still be living in the house. Just like when you list your house for sale and you have uh, potential buyers coming through, I didn't realize that the part of the agreement is that they need to move Mm -hmm. out. Well, I would say it this way. Everything's negotiable, and that's okay. one of the great things about the contract on who's going to cover what costs. That's something between the homeowner and the investor, and they can decide based on the conditions that exist. Um, but it is nice to have that homeowner out of the house, so it, it's 
there is no regret after the fact in saying I want to come back into the house. Okay. You know, just sever the tie right there. So, I mean, so Ty, why hasn't this concept been discovered or launched before? What do you, yeah. what do you think? And, and what am I missing? Is there, is there some, is there some downside to this that, that I haven't touched upon that, that you know is out there? Yeah. You know, we may as well put put all the cards on the table here. Right. No, I, I, great question. Uh, again, I think what I see us as being is we're just as part of the sharing economy as an Uber is, as a Lyft is, um, as an Airbnb is, you know, because we are basically facilitators, just like Uber is pairing a person who needs a ride with a person who has a car and needs money. We're actually pairing that person who needs to sell a house with a person who's going to add the value. So we're just as much a part of that sharing economy. Now, with us, uh, I'd say that it probably hasn't been done before in the scale that we're looking at doing it, simply because people don't, when it comes to real estate investing, people don't look at it from the standpoint of the person who's losing or getting rid of the property. I was in a situation where I'm seeing it from the homeowner. And I'm seeing how disadvantaged I was in that position of not having many options. And so I think... Right. You're the one with the asset, but you're getting the exactly. short end of the stick. And I, and I know it. And I also knew I didn't have any options. But that's when I started looking at the fact that um, we can change this whole paradigm and make it more so, give more power to the homeowners. More equitable, more fair. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And remove the non-value add. I mean, I think the bank loan on a house to buy the house is a non-value add if you don't need to buy the house. The wholesaler is a non-value add if you don't need to actually go to a wholesaler to find your properties. If you can go directly to the portal and you can find properties and pay a lot less from a cost standpoint to actually secure the property. But I think the grand thing that I want to do with Invest Out as a company is our goal is and our orientation is towards triple bottom line. You know, our primary stakeholders are the investors and the homeowners. Our secondary stakeholders are the realtors. They make more money. They benefit from the process, as well as the workers. Anyone who's coming in there lifting up a hammer, knocking down a wall, especially if we can tap into the community here and pull out um, some of – work with some of the um, vocational centers to bring their labor in, provide them with jobs, then that's how we can help the actual community grow. But in addition to that, once those laborers, laborers – learn to do all the different activities and tasks within a house to renovate it, then we're as a company going to fund them and let them start to become investors themselves and renovate their own houses. So that's that component, the secondary, excuse me, stakeholders. The third stakeholder is the community itself. It's benefiting when you have quality inputs that are being added to the house as opposed to things that are going to be lasting for two or three years. You're adding quality inputs, which means that you're rebuilding a community, and that helps the community at large as well. Okay. So under um, you know Pennsylvania law, New Jersey law, is there anything that requires you guys to have a realtor's license because of the very hands-on nature of what you're doing? Because right. you're talking about the title you know, confirming that the title, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Right. So is there anything that requires you guys to, to have a, a real estate license? Yeah, not because of, no. Okay. I'll say it that way. And it's because we operate before the house is even listed. So we don't work with listed houses. That's a realtor. That's what they work with. We work with houses that are not connected with a sale at all because we're pre-listing. Okay. So, but we are actually looking at getting our real estate real estate license because it will be a value add and being able to get access to the information. And we want to work with realtors. You know, our goal is to help them make more money as well because that's how we grow as an organization. So, under the the current business model, could mm-hmm. a realtor make six percent? 
six percent commission? Almost definitely. Okay. Whatever that deal is, is still that deal. Whatever you sell that house and your relationship with with that homeowner, that's still your deal. You know, we're separate from that process altogether. And we actually allow realtors to be able to add properties to the to the portal itself. They can upload as many properties as they want um, into the portal because of course we have investors that want those properties. Okay. Okay. So right now as you're building the company, are you focused on any particular neighborhoods or Mm -hmm. zip codes or is it right now you're just looking to, you know, cast a wide net? Yeah. We're actually looking for select types of properties from the standpoint of the value. We we want to test out, um, low cost renovations, you know, 10 to $15,000. We also, so the cosmetic, the cosmetic updates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are the profits associated with that? We've got some samples that we've done so far. We want to verify and get more of those. Um, my background is analytics, so I'm really interested and good at looking at data and seeing what it tells us, which means that as we move forward, we'll be able to start to tell the homeowners what's a good value for that property. You know, um, oftentimes they really can't tell. They they feel that they may be cheated or whatever. And we oftentimes think our, our property is worth more than it really is. But in looking at the market, looking at comparisons, doing the analysis of the property and a whole bunch of different things within our analytics, we'll be able to tell that homeowner what's a good band as far as an offering for that property, how much you should be able to expect from the standpoint of the work that's required for the property, what percentage should you be going for. We'll be providing guidance to the realtors as well as the homeowners itself so okay. they can make better deals. Okay, great. So with regards to your book, what mm-hmm. are some some of the, the the key points that are covered in the book that maybe we didn't talk about today, or what you know, what, what yeah. some key takeaways? The book um, again is partner up: how to fix and flip houses uh, with no banks, no credit, and less cash. And author Ty Glover. It's available on Amazon. And what we do is it's um, this is my first this is my first book, so I'm happy about that. Um, but what we do is we walk through the entire process, and sometimes we give a little bit too much detail, but we take you through each step of the journey. We take you through the buy part and how do you work that the excuse me the partner part itself what's the deal structure like the renovate how do you get the numbers you know as far as the value all the calculations that we walk through within our model we display them and we walk through details to help the reader understand what it is we also have different things that we talk about with respect to for example um, one of the moves we're going to be pushing people towards is in order to be able to get the best houses with the highest opportunity you have to submit a proposal for it and you can submit a proposal that's as general as, well, this is how much I think it's worth. This is how much I think it could be worth. And this is what I want. But if you submitted a proposal that stated, for example, this is what I would do with that property. This is my vision. A lot of homeowners can understand it with what you're going to, what you say you're going to do. But if you can communicate a vision, then that homeowner can decide on you versus someone else because that homeowner now has confidence in the fact that you can deliver on what you're communicating. So we also have courses where we teach people and I refer people to different types of websites where you can get people to do services like CAD designs and and room designs for you directly online using places like guru.com or freelancer, these resources that are available to you. But I also talk about different types of applications, whether it's SketchUp or different types of other sketching applications that allow you to do renovations directly online and then be able to submit those photos to an actual homeowner so that they can see what your vision is. So there's a lot of information in the book itself. It's a great resource. Okay. Great. So, so Ty, how can people learn more about what you're doing? Um, do you offer a coaching program or right now it's basically the, um, the, the platform and the book? Talk a little bit more about 
when people reach out to you if they want to if they want to partner what are they going to find? Right. So right now we haven't brought our portal up. Our portal is ready, but we want to make sure we've got a, a good number of properties in there. So what we're doing now is we're doing our coaching sessions. And so starting in the beginning of January, more or less around January 15th timeframe, we're going to be on doing online classes. Anyone can take them from across the country. So you don't have to be right here since it's online, but we're going to walk through each stage of the process and we're going to take you through. So you understand all the legal agreements that are associated with it. I am not a lawyer. So we'll be getting a lawyer to walk through those things, but taking you through everything that you need to know to be able to do this on your own in your own community, your own hometown, or come to our website and use our portal where we'll be bringing those homes to you. As we tap into more folks and we understand where they are in the country itself, we'll be putting putting more money into our social media advertisements and contacting realtors to bring properties into your area specifically so you can actually leverage the service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like you said, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity right here in our backyard most here definitely. in Philadelphia in the counties. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, if anyone's able to go out there right now as a wholesaler and find properties, then I'm sure you can go out there as a person or a practitioner and partner up and tell that homeowner, you can make a lot more money in working with me than you can in working with that wholesaler down the street. Okay. Competitive advantage. Right, right, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, Ty, um, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? Well, we're available at uh, investout.us or investout.net. Again, my book is available on Amazon, Partner Up, How to Fix and Flip Houses with No Banks, No Credit, and Less Cash. So those are the two primary or the best ways to reach us. My email also is tglover at at, investout.net. Again, T Glover at investout.net. Okay, great. And so Ty, where do you where do you see things going? I mean, a year from now, three years from now, what would you where do you see the company? Where do you where do you see the concept going? You know, I, this is something that I think is uh, is a huge opportunity, even expressing the part about the triple bottom line and being able to pull folks into the community. So I see this as being an organization that actually has um, has a community that we've built where we're bringing together our investors and we're connecting not just on a property basis, but more so even from the standpoint of, of uplifting each other and being a community that really supports each other's growth towards common goals. You know, that's a global platform, but from a company standpoint, I see this as being in the area of, um, of doing it's hard to say estimates on houses, right, right, right. But okay. I'd love to be able to move into an area of um, two to three thousand houses. Uh, I'd say within a six month period, just as a test model. Again, as we scale and go across the country. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And when you look back, you know, almost ten years ago, um, yeah. when you were in that situation with yeah. that old Victorian house, right. and you see, you see where you are right now. I mean, yeah. how does it make you feel to to look back at that yeah. that situation that you were in and and now the solution that you've come up with right. for potential people. How, I mean, how does that fuel your desire to to keep pushing forward and helping other people? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's about when I was going through that, I would cons- I would consider that whole divorce thing as a level five divorce. It was it was rough, um, and it was a lot of trauma going on during that period of time. I've moved to an incredible place at this point, so it's about minimizing the damage. Now I'm maximizing the opportunity because I know that I would not have come up with the concept if it were not for the challenges that I had gone through. But now how can we best leverage it to be able to really help as many people as possible? That's where we're at right now. I just feel blessed to be really speaking with you today. It's been great. Um, So folks, we've been talking today with Ty Glover, uh, founder of Invest Out. 
And Ty, thank you so much for coming in and telling the audience today about your concept. This could really be a, a game-changing solution yeah. for a lot of homeowners out there right now that are yeah. in financial distress. Exactly. And I think for the real estate industry as a whole, it could be a pretty yeah. strong disruptor. Yeah. I mean, we hear a lot about win-win in right. business and in real estate. Right. And this really could, I mean, this could be a win-win. That's what we strive for. Okay. That's our goal. Well, folks, so there you have it. Um, we're at the end of another episode. And uh, remember to look for and subscribe to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show podcast. You can find this episode and several others on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can also find past episodes on the Jumpstart Germantown website, which is jumpstartgermantown.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>